Hi friend, Katie here with the Hustle Humbly community updates for March. Our live this month will be on March 26th and will be our quarter one book club covering the 12 week year. We're really excited to go over this book with everyone. If you read it, you can join the conversation. And even if you don't read it, we hope you'll join us for the Hustle Humbly Cliff Notes and our good overview and takeaway of what we loved about the book, the 12 week year. Other reminders for the community group are to make sure you're on the referral list as well as the military referral list if you serve a military community. Our final reminder is that we have a podcast search feature. It is a really cool feature of the community where you can go in and find a previous episode or episodes that cover a certain topic you're looking for. So if you can't remember where you heard us talk about a certain wording for a letter or how we handled a situation, you can use that podcast search feature to find out exactly what you need. If you're a member of community, you'll have all of this in your monthly newsletter, as well as you can find it on your dashboard. And if you're not a member of community, please feel free to join us. You can learn more at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash membership. It just is different. It is different. It's going to hit their sphere and it's going to hit them different. Fast forward like three years, they have decided to tear their house down. This is outrageous for closing costs. We need to talk to somebody. Like, I had no clue. My mother-in-law came home and I was crying at the kitchen island looking at the book and she was like, what are you doing? And it is not my responsibility to check the settlement statement for your buyer. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Is this thing on? Hello? Hello? Alyssa? Hey, Katie. How's it going? Fine, fine. Will you take us into this episode, please? Closing time. (laughs) This is episode 238, and this episode is called Closing Time. Closing Time. And honestly, when we went to make notes for it, I discovered that we had an episode called All About Closings way back in number 32, and then I realized that you just wanted to record this episode so you could sing the song. Closing time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, you don't have to go home, but you can't <laughs> stay here. So thanks to Semisonic for that banger. Yeah. And I will <laughs> quickly throw out a side note. I once read an article that that song was not about the bar closing. What's it about? The end of it, like, his, they were about to have a baby and the it was like closing time. Like, you got to get out of this uterus. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You just said the word uterus on our podcast. Whatever you want to say, that's where the baby was. Oh, my gosh. That's weird. It's very – the article I read was – it really changed that song for me. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I think it's even funnier. They're like, I just really want to sing closing time. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, today we're going to discuss closing time. And as a beginning to this, I will say yes, number 32. Episode 32 aired on – March 16th of 2020. I don't know if anyone remembers March 16th, but I feel like on March 15th, pretty much the other shoe dropped. Like this is when they're like, go home from school. Bye-bye. Yes. No more. No more school. Um, So way back in the day, we actually in this episode, I think very briefly touch on like our closing is going to be fully 
What's going to happen? Digital, like, like sign away, digital, whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, that's the, but, but still the brunt of what you do to prepare during and after closing is the same. And you know, another reason why I thought it would be good to revisit, you know how like th- we me. do podcast therapy to help ourselves. Did you have a problem? I did. <laughs> what did you forget to do? I forgot the wood destroying insect report. Oh, I hate when I do this. I've done it so many times. It's been so long since I had a client, someone write it in to an offer. And you were like, oops. And I just forgot. And we're at the and that's the other thing. The it's lender so never asked for it. Then nobody asked for it. And then we're at the closing table, and the really? other agent's like, "Do you have the termite certificate?" And I'm just like, mm, "Nope, I do not. I do not." How did y'all handle that? The other agent was not very kind or gracious, and try, you know, just kept pointing out that I forgot this, and can we even close? And the title attorney, thank goodness, was like. Yes, we can still close. Like it's just it was a cash sale. So we did that's we didn't even oh, need it. You they didn't just, need she, it. That's why there's no lender to step in and say, where is it? That's why. You're right. That's I didn't why I think about that. Okay. So I stepped out of the closing uh-huh. and called my termite guy. Termite guy and was like, I oh. forgot. And they were like, Yep. They went right then. Did they get you the certificate before closing was over? No. After. What did the uh, title attorney say would have been the result if something came up negative in that report? I know. We didn't even talk about it. Oh, gosh. Like, okay. we would have had to. The thing is, I, I just knew that wasn't going to be the case because it's under contract. And just recently before we listed it, he was like, should I renew my – they're mm-hmm. coming to treat it and yeah. do the inspection. Was, should I and, – And he did. And he did all So it that. had just been treated. It had just been du- – it just wasn't one I was worried about. Right. But I guess anything could happen. And contractually speaking, mm-hmm. I mean, the buyer could have said, I don't want to close right now. Yeah. I mean – but still. The buyer was like, I don't care. And the agent was like, you do care. Which she was good. She was doing her job. Right. Right, right, right. Okay. But I forgot it. So I thought <sighs> maybe everybody could use a little closing a little refresher. Refresh. There's so much to do. A little refresh. I know I didn't bring my checklist with me, but there are things like, let's start with your checklist. It, closing is approaching for you as an agent. Let's go a week out because I think the day before is too for some things. When the appraisal gets scheduled, that's usually when I start the process of the closing checklist. All right, talk us through your process. So sometimes I'll even like when the appraisal appointment comes through my email, I'll go ahead and type the emails that I need sent and maybe even snooze them for five days, like schedule send for five days from now. So it may be just slightly too early to remind them to do utilities and things like that. But I might at that time also send the listing agent an email or my seller's email and ask the status of any repairs. How's it going? Just a reminder. Can we back up to this termite certificate incident? Mm -hmm. It was your listing. Yes. In the beginning, though, when you took the contract, you told the seller they had to get a termite certificate. I did. And so I... So you weren't the only one who dropped, like... Correct. Everybody forgot about it. Yeah. I did not remind them about the termite certificate. But we had that conversation in the beginning. Yeah. And I used the template saying, here's the terms of the offer. Yeah. It it was right there. Yeah. 
I even put in there. So feel free to call ABC Pest Control to get that. I even told them who to call. I just, I think that's why it escaped my brain because I put the ball in someone else's court. And you didn't follow up. up That's okay. That's okay. All right. But so your schedule sending these things. Yeah. When the appraisal is scheduled, I like to start thinking about closing. Okay. What else? Um, do I need to request a deposit check? Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays in our market, we're seeing them held more at the title companies. So when you say request it, you mean Just, if you were the listing agency and the buyer's contract said they were providing a deposit that your broker was holding mm-hmm. in their then escrow I need to account, request you it. have to ask for the broker to produce that deposit for you to take to closing. Correct. You know, they have to process all of that. Yeah. So they like at least a day or two. So, Notice. But they yeah. don't care how, if it's a week, they just don't want it to be the morning of. Right. So you can do it a little bit more in advance. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to do. You could be proactive. Yes. Okay. Request deposit. Uh, closing gifts. Uh-huh. You need to start thinking about that. Now, how soon do you start st- thinking about that? If you're doing like a photo book of their house, how much lead time do you need? So I have started what? just getting photo books when I get the pictures. Yeah. So even if they fire you, you're like, here's your book. Here's an example. <laughs> I had a client. There's an example of them. (laughs) (laughs) I had a client. It's it's not a bad story. She's a good friend. They were looking on and off for a few years. We didn't look at a ton of things because they knew what they wanted and they were in a very small area that they wanted to be in. Okay. They loved their house. Okay. So they... I mean, they love their house location. They did not love their house. It mm-hmm. was an older house. The stairway was like right in the middle. So there's nothing you could really do about the layout. Okay. We went on ahead and got the house photo ready and got pictures done. Uh-huh. So that when we find where they're going, we can quickly list their house. That's great. Fast forward like three years, they have decided to tear their house down and they're going to build on their land. Oh, my. But how perfect that I had these photos. So you sent them a book? I sent them a book. And what did they, they were do? Even, they were even like, I'm so sorry that we've wasted. And I said, y'all. It's fine. It is fine. I'm so happy for you. You were never going to find something. This that, is what you needed to this do. This is what I sort of knew that the whole time. Like okay. I knew it was on the table that it was an option. Okay. So I just thought, you know, I would, that's what I would do. So I, I mailed it to them and um, I mailed it to her mother-in-law's house because that's where they were living because okay. their house was torn, torn down. I <laughs> can't go there. While they're building. Um, and just said, I'm really happy for y'all. And I'm so thankful we took these pictures. Yeah. And so here you go. Like, and you'll, you'll, the house will never look like this again. I love that the first thing you thought of when your client, who then was never going to be your client because you weren't going to sell their house and they weren't going to buy a house, <laughs> you immediately said, but wait, I have photos. I'll send you a book. I just would like everyone to really take a moment and think about how that activity didn't make you any money. They weren't technically a client who closed on anything, but they will always send you referrals. They will always remember that, and they feel bad that they didn't use you. You did work for them, but Mm -hmm. you were like, you know, at the end of this, great. It's just what needed to happen. She said, my mother-in-law came home and I was crying at the kitchen island looking at this book. And she was like, what are you doing? And I said, look at this book. Oh, I love that. So I've started, no matter what, 
Um, like I have one that we took it off the market mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm going to get it back, but I have the book ready to go. Yeah. And I plan to just watch the house. And even when it sells, even if it doesn't sell with me, send them. I'm going to send it and be like, I saw you finally close on the Here house. Here you go. And I just wanted to say congratulations. Okay. That's wonderful. So I have sort of, that's a new part of my processes when I get a, when I get listing photos back, I get a book made. Okay. Whether it closes one day or not, they would probably like to have their photos. I would think. Yeah. In most cases. Okay. I love that. So that closing gift, you got to do some lead time. Yeah. All right. What else are you doing to prepare? Um, That's kind of it right there. No. I mean, you're collecting the receipts. Oh, yeah. Well, checking in on repairs, making sure everything's good. But at that point, too, it's really time to look at the buyer and seller approaching closing email. Yes. Which is in the email templates. And so it kind of outlines everything. What's going to happen. You know, it reminds them about utilities, what's going to happen, if they has qu- have questions, who they need to ask. I find that approaching closing, sometimes I get questions like, how much will my check be? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, actually, that you would need to ask your lender or mm-hmm. the title company. Right. Um, or they are, they're asking questions about their payoff. So that has some reminders in it, too, that yeah. approaching closing checklist on who's going to send you what. You know, it's trying to answer their questions before they ask them. I feel like you have to send this email almost a, it's a week for sure out. Yeah. And sometimes like the real preparers, they're going to start asking you these questions even before that. Oh, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just go ahead and send you the email so that mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, they have to plan for the utilities and for getting their cashier's check for closing. And what do you need to bring? Well, you have to bring a current ID. Is your ID current? Do you need to <laughs> renew your driver's license? Yeah. Um. You know, so all of that stuff. Now, the seller side, we actually have an episode number 148 that is sellers listing to closing. Mm-hmm. So it does go through the full checklist of what we're doing for sellers. But let's talk a little bit about what is in the seller approaching closing email. So that one that's going out the week before. Um, okay. Remember to get the title company to send you the closing disclosure. You as an agent are doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Because you need to check the numbers, but you're also making sure the seller checks the numbers. Don't show up to closing and have the seller just seeing the numbers for the first time. I am always so proud when the title attorney says to my seller or buyer, do we need to go over these numbers in details or have you reviewed this already? And And they always say, we have reviewed it already. We know what it is. And I'm like, oh. Right. Beautiful music to my ears. Yeah, because you have to tell the seller to check the payoff. I don't know that. I have also more and more lately, people are questioning the payoff. Oh. They see a certain number online, but mm-hmm. when you request a payoff, it also includes maybe either a few fees or prorated interest People in at the base of this do not remember that they got their first month's mortgage for free, yeah. air quotes, because mortgages are paid in arrears. Mm -hmm. That means I live there for a month, then my mortgage is due. I don't pay it like rent and then I stay for a month. It's vice versa, Yes, right? So at closing, (laughs) I love when people are like, well, I just paid my mortgage. I'm like, great. That was for last month. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're closing like halfway through the month, you still have 15 days of interest or the whole whatever, Mm -hmm. principal and interest to pay. Right. And they're like, but that's not what my thing. I'm like, no, you're not listening. You have been there. So mm-hmm. that means you have to pay for it. You don't pay. It's the exact opposite of rent. 
Yeah. You pay you a month of rent, you stay there. You mortgage, you stay there for a month, then you pay. Yeah. So I feel like there's always questions about that. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want there to be questions at the table in front of everyone. No. And I'd rather them get that number and ask that question of the title attorney than me have to break the bad news that, yeah. you, I mean, like, that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it really depends on what time part of the month you're closing. Okay. And then obviously scheduling the closing is really between the seller and the title company, but, or attorney or however you close where you are, but you're, you're letting them know a week in advance. That's who's going to schedule that. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to reach out to me and be like, well, I need it. But now, yes. Do I orchestrate closing times all the time? The seller's like, well, it has to be on a Monday or it has Mm -hmm. to be this time of day or whatever. Um, Okay. The repairs. When do you remind them about the repairs? Your seller. Yourself. I feel like it's along the way. Yeah, it's, you're like, hey, what's yeah. going on? And most of the time, I'm trying to do money, of course, instead of repairs. Yeah. But yeah. for the ones that aren't, definitely when the appraisal is ordered, it's just my reminder to check in on everything there. Yeah. In the email, it's it's reminding them to bring the re- – that they have to provide you the receipts. Mm-hmm. So if they did any. Um, and it's reminding them that the buyers are going to walk through. Yeah. Most of the reasons why sellers get angry are simply because you didn't tell them what the process was. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the middle of packing. Why are they coming over here? I'm like, yeah, they're surprised that there's a final walkthrough. Well, they have to come and make sure the house is still there. And thus, email templates were born. <laughs> right. And then the number one that will jam you up in a, heart, in a big hurry, you have to leave your utilities on. Mm. Whether you moved out three days before closing or three weeks or three years ago in the in the utilities were in your tenant's name and now they're gone. You've got to turn the utilities on. Yes. Like they have to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sellers get tripped up by that all the time. They do. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we provide a move out checklist that goes with that email template. And then mm-hmm. the seller kind of has their list. Cause like, Hey, remember you said the refrigerator's staying and mm-hmm. you need to leave the, this list curtains and rods and all that stuff are in the Louisiana contract. Like don't, you can't take that stuff. Right. Have to remind them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What else you got? I think that when I think about the closing table, I always think back to the episode we did 129 being a great cooperating agent. Yeah. But the title attorney that gave the title attorneys that we sent the email to asking like, what do you wish agents didn't do? And what are things that you wish went smoother at the closing table? I always remember reading their feedback and going, I, I just hope that every agent listens to this because we're not just trying to be professional in front of our clients. We have title attorneys watching how we operate our business. Mm -hmm. We have mortgage lenders watching how we operate our business. So if you're going to be super late or if this is a very emotional closing for someone, give them a heads up. Give the title company a heads up. Do we need to be in separate rooms? Mm -hmm. Was something forgotten? You know, what do we need to do to make this go as smoothly as possible? I loved, I think the tip in that one was also about showing them where to sit or asking where it would be appropriate Mm -hmm. instead of the title attorney having to walk in and it's awkward, like, I'm sorry, you need to move around. Yes. Oh, no, this is the seller side. Or let's just ask them where they want us to go and Mm -hmm. what they want us to do. I would like to talk about during the closing, though, and the title attorney, the lenders, they're all watching you. The things agents do in closing, mm-hmm. I am like, what are you actually doing? I get self-conscious if I just talk to my lender too much. Yeah. I'm like, I want to make sure I'm talking to my client, but that I'm not distracting them from what they need to do. I definitely don't want to get too buddy-buddy with the opposing buyer-seller. Yeah. 
especially not if they're not talking to their agent because I don't want to step on those toes. Right, right. So I'm like, you have to, I think you, there's a, there's like a good, like the Goldilocks amount of talking. Yes. You need to be friendly, talk to the people, be there to answer questions, but mostly just sit there and shut up. But also that doesn't mean you can scroll your phone Mm -hmm. or take out your computer and Mm -hmm. start working. That's weird to me too. Like Mm -hmm. be present and be available if your client needs you. Yeah. There are some lenders that want to like butt in. Oh, yeah. Or, and then I'm also a little bit self-conscious about, I want to talk to the attorney. Maybe I know them. And so like- it's like a dance. Mm-hmm. How much is okay to make it like ha- everyone's having a fun time? And it's, it's about fine. them. They're buying a house today. Them. Not about me. If I really need to talk to the attorney or the lender about something, I can stay after. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to talk in front of all the other parties. Yeah. And depending on, I mean, when I'm at the title company that I use regularly, I'm more, way more laid back and don't talk much at all. But there have certainly been some where I am almost hovering and going – this means that they don't sell your personal information, you know. Right. This if the title attorney or representative isn't explaining it. it well. Yes, I want to make sure that they understand yeah. what it is or if something isn't explained well, I want to be able to give clarification. Yeah, and then you also have to be mindful of like what is your client saying directly to the other party if you're in the same room? Like do we really want to hash it out about repairs at the closing table? No. Not if we can help it. Right. Like, I don't really want you to start buying and selling furniture at the table. I find that sellers at the closing table get nervous and start rambling and start saying things like, oh, that outside patio fan, Um, it actually doesn't work. And so you have to – do this Jiggle switch. The switch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, zip it. Zip no it talking. right now. Yeah. It's like yeah. they just start word vomiting all the things that they. Yeah. And there is a difference between the buyer saying, hey, can you tell us what this switch does? Yeah. <laughs> and you being like, here's every little crack in the house I ever Everything looked at. What, like you, they had How an inspection. How do you feel when they exchange numbers, like the buyer and the seller? Go for it. Remove me. Yeah. I'm happy for you to be. You can coordinate getting be- your because mail. Because to me, that, thank you. Because to me, that is a symbol that they understand that I'm not the intermediary for life. I was the intermediary for this transaction. Like yes. you are adults. Right. You can- Did it just turn green? I'm like, something weird happened. Oh, it turned there. off. It died. Oh, that's okay. Our light died, that's, YouTube. It's Sorry fine. No problem. It, 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 my thing is, you are adults. Mm-hmm. If you get the other person's mail, it is kind behavior to text that person and say, hey, I have your mail. Mm -hmm. And then you to say, okay, I will come and get it. Not to call me and be like, hey, I have the mail, which is fine if you do it once because I'll be (laughs) like, I'm going to get you the number or I'm going to, and we talked about that in our Q&A, I think, don't be the mailman. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do it every time, but I will find a like if you didn't exchange numbers, then I'm having to go to the other person's agent. Hey, you know, mail's there. Do you want to tell your people? I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a lot of people getting involved just to fix a package that went to the wrong address. Right. But get numbers. Yeah. Exchange. You don't know how the pool pump works? Talk to the seller. I don't know how it works either. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. I have no clue. Mm-mm. So I don't – does it bother you? No. No, I think it's fine. Mm-mm. And it also – it removes you in a way that I think is appropriate when things do come up later. I don't really want the – buyer coming to me, whether I'm the listing agent or their agent, and being like, this happened at the house, and I'm so mad. I'm like, but 
Okay, this is a great, I had in my notes that, because this episode, we're not just talking about the actual closing, but like what happens after after closing too. Mm -hmm. And what I found was that I, when you check in after closing, Mm -hmm. like a week or two, they're living in the home and they're starting to just learn the quirks of a home. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's not that they were bad um, r- bad things about the house, but it was mm-hmm. very rare that they were always like, everything is perfect and we're just as excited as we were the day we signed the papers. Right. It's like, oh. Some things popped up. Yeah, a few things. Uh, home ownership's a lot of work. You know, painting. Yeah. I'm really tired because I've painted the entire house. Right. So it's like sometimes after closing, I felt like I was getting nervous to check in and keep the follow-up mm-hmm. going because I thought... Man, more times than not, it's it's not a negative. They're in a season of stress. Yeah, it's and more work. stressful. I mean, like you're, you're, the closing is so blissful. Yeah. Then you get a paintbrush in your hand. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Right. Or you're just realizing you have to change over all these different things and like, you know, s- figure out the lawn. Like mm-hmm. just all like all the things. Mm-hmm. You're figuring out the house. Unpacking in itself is stressful. Yeah. You did like, right. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you don't. But you should follow up. Yeah. But let's talk about how you immediately follow up. Like, what is your follow-up plan after closing? So after closing, they it's time to ask for reviews and also to ask for referrals. So I do have an email that goes out letting them know where I would like the reviews and if they mm-hmm. would please leave me a review. Absolutely. And then I'll probably send a separate one that says, like, if you have any friends or family – Also at the closing table on that note, I'm asking them for anybody's information that was joined us along the way on our house journey. Yes, I love that. So, hey, your dad came to a bunch of showings with us. Mm -hmm. What's his address? I want to send him a thank you card. Right. Things like that. Who was there? Who did I meet through these clients? And on a seller side, like I had this one client that I had to, they lived out of town, but the house had a pool and it was kind of complicated to keep a pool perfect when you don't live there. Yeah. I met the pool guy. By the end of it, I'm like, hey, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) The pool guy. He's now in my database because I had to meet him so many times. Who did you meet in the transaction that could get a card from you. Mm-hmm. The landscaper, thank you for keeping the yard so nice while I had the property on the market. I just want to let you know it closed, but I gave your number to the buyers. Oh, I love that. What do we need to do? You yeah. know, who do we need to reach out to? I'm trying to collect as many people from this one transaction. Who are as all possible. the people from that transaction? That's very smart. Yes. Um, oh, I love that. Also, Hey friend, hope you're enjoying this episode all about loopholes. Some of these stories are truly wild. If you don't want to end up with a buyer looking for a loophole somewhere down the road, you need to make sure they're sure about the purchase during their inspections. One way to make sure you do that is to use our free email template to make sure they're sure. This will help keep your buyers happy and avoid buyer's remorse later. To find the free template, just head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash make sure. Were they a referral? Right. You got to make a note to the person. Need to make sure that if it's a realtor, they obviously get their referral fee. But if it's just a past client or friend, I want them to know how much it meant to me that they sent this person to me and that we have closed. Yes. 
Goal accomplished. Goal accomplished. Okay, I like that. I also obviously send the thank you note to the buyer-seller. Mm-hmm. Typically, I do like a week later, right? Yeah, I think that's good. Um, I don't, and I'll send it, and then maybe I'll wait a day or two, and then I'll send my email that's like prompting for the review. I'm like, one last kindness, and yeah. then let's ask you for your review. Mm-hmm. Thanks. But at the closing table, I think is a great time if you're not already social media friends or Mm -hmm. Facebook friends, follower, whatever, do that and then say, hey, when you go home and take your picture in front of the new house with the whole family, make sure you tag me. Yeah. Because you tagging them in a picture with the cutout key at the closing is not as impactful. Look, do you, y'all. That's what you want to do. Live your life. But it's not as impactful as them in front of their new home, so happy with their whole family tagging you and saying, hey, this is our new home. Thanks to our agent. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is different. It is different. It's going to hit their sphere and it's going to hit them different. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, that's nice. Look at this nice agent. Right. It's okay for you not to be in the picture. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I stopped taking pictures with my clients for years. I did the I did the whole thing, mm-hmm. the key and the whatever. Not my key, but you know whatever yeah, the, the title, key, the title key, you know whatever they had. I did it for years, and I still sometimes would. But I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, it's not about me being yes. at closing with this person. Yeah, it's, it's about, about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what are they or right or just post a picture of their house and a story about it. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't even have to be a picture of them if you can't get them to do that. But follow like all that jazz at the table. Yes. If you haven't yet. I like doing it at the table as well. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, What are the other logistical things? I know that you have kind of like a little checklist you Mm -hmm. do in the car afterwards. So I want to make sure that I go ahead and delete all their MLS search notifications. Yes, that's a good one. (laughs) Keep the email tidy. Um, So I update that. I also put them on a report for their new subdivision, a monthly report. So that'll have my information on it. Yes. Um, And if they are a seller... So these people are in my database usually, mm-hmm. and I need to – if anybody is in my database and owns a home, I have them on a monthly subdivision report for their subdivision. Who who does that report? What do you mean? Like, what software is it? Oh, it's through our company. Like, like they created it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They bought a software okay. program, I think, anyways. I don't know. You don't know what it's called. It, you, it's been a few things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what it was the first time. Someone asked recently. That's the only reason why I'm, I'm asking you. Yeah. It's like a company-specific program that we have. Yeah. But I have heard RPR does it too and does it very well. Yeah, I that's actually what I said. want to learn about Let's take what an RPR, RPR class. Do. Let's do it. I would like to. We I need to be able to anyway. tell the people. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that this? Is it for CE? Sometimes, yeah. Great. At our board. Even better. Um, so just making sure that now that they are no longer at that address, I don't just need to change their address, but I need to go make sure any reports I had them set yeah. up on have been deleted or changed or updated, mm-hmm. update MLS. Um, so those are big things too. And then I write a – I do write a card to the agent. Okay. So I used to do agent lender title, but I found it was like – I use the same people so much. You're like, over it's me again. <laughs> me again. Hey, same, same card. Same story. Thanks again. Same card. Let me pull up my checklist real quick on whenever I have a closing mm-hmm. and the the papers are emailed to me. Right. The closing document. The closing document. For your office. My personal checklist is write a letter to the agent, add them or update them in the database, 
ask the client for referrals? Do I need to pay any referrals or is there anybody in the transaction I need to add? Mm -hmm. Subdivision reports. And then do I want to add the agent to my newsletter? So like in my, it's in my newsletter, I have an agent section. Yeah. So if I have a, if I want to do a preview of something or send an invitation to an agent open house, I only have agents that I've worked with on there. Okay. But sometimes I don't add the agent on there. You don't want to if talk you to know them what anymore. I mean. Okay. Question. Do you send those, are those agents tagged in your like MailChimp? As agents. Yeah, they're separate from like my clients. Because you could send them just them an just email. Just agent stuff. Okay. And those are really the only two categories I have is agent or client. Yeah. Because if you're not an agent, I my stuff is for the masses. Like right. it's, it's for everybody. Okay. And then I'll add the client to my client list. Love it. Maybe. <laughs> Usually. Unless they like. If they were on their best behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they're added. But I mean, I say too that. My newsletter, they may still be in my database, yeah. but I may not add them to my newsletter if they moved away. Because okay. if they're in my database, they'll still get a Christmas card from me, but they don't need the updates or like, right. you know, local stuff. They, they don't live here anymore. Makes so sense. I just put them where they need to be appropriately. Okay. Love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All good things. I think I also have, you know, I love getting digital closing documents. Me I remember too. the many, 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 many years one that I had to have paper files period like oh I was around when their paper was still like the thing then we switched to dot loop and like everything was there and so then title companies would still be printing them and one day I think they were like hey um something was happening with the printer I can get your copies later or we could send them digitally I'm like can you make a note in my file to only ever send them to me digitally? I yes. don't need paper because this is what I would do. Go back to my office, scan the paper, shred the paper, yes. and then put them digitally. Get I'm the like, stank staple off the paper. Let's cut out the step where I had the paper. Mm-hmm. So please know, y'all, you can tell your whoever closes that you don't want paper documents. Right. The title companies have all those fancy folders they put them in. I'm like, save your money. They're so pretty. I don't Keep need them. the folder. I don't need the paper. I don't need the... F- and it's it's kind of funny if you're being such a paper person. I'm like, yeah. I don't want it. Well, that paper is not pretty paper. It's just, and it's not helping anyone. No, it, I, I'm required <gasps> to keep it digitally. I do not have to keep it in paper form. So yeah. I'm scanning that. I'm putting it in dot loop. I'm submitting it to my office. You know, that's how that part goes. That's how you get paid. Like I can't. I have to put in a copy of my commission check. In mm-hmm. my case now, I I kind of like this at my boutique brokerage. I have a deposit card. And I can go straight to the bank with my check and deposit it in my brokerage's account so that they can direct deposit it to me. That's amazing. Like I don't have to bring them the check, wait for them to put it in the bank, turn in my papers, wait for them to then cut me a check. It is all me into the bank. Then they can cut the check directly into my, like direct deposit in my account. How nice. So nice. Mm-hmm. So that, but that logistical stuff has to happen yeah. with your closing, right? I do get a little sad because I feel like your your house, especially with the buyers, more so with the buyers, you're spending so much time with them and you're in constant communication. Like it could be intense for three to six months and yeah. then it just stops. I know it's sad. It's over. Mm-hmm. And then you check in and you're like, hey, how's the house? And, and how's like, it going? Fine. And they're just, you know, like, it, okay, love it here. But that's where I think being friends with people on social media I was about after to say this. just makes it so much more now. You don't have to. People only move on average, what, seven to ten years? It's like ten years now. 
So how am I supposed to touch you 36 <laughs> times a year for 10 years? 30? Oh, gosh. It's oh, too no. Much. 360 times. So keeping it on having them on social media to where yeah. you can see it, what they're doing. I have this, when you say that, it makes me think of one particular young couple I sold an older home to. They have renovated different parts of the house through the years since they bought it. I think they bought it in 2020. And I get so excited when they post pictures on their social media and we like talk about it. And I'm like, this looks so good. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just lovely. Yes. And that is still a connection. Like they're, they still are like, we're just so happy here. It's I don't have to go to their front door and be like, show me everything you did. Right. I need to look around here. I and can keep see in the touch pictures you. you have posted. <laughs> it's still a real connection. Yeah. But it is nice. That's why it's helpful to follow them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get lucky. They don't all post, every obviously, everything they do in their house. I feel like a lot of people do, But though. they do. I have one in particular also that I love to follow. She brought – she was a single girl, and she bought sort of a fixer-upper. Mm-hmm. She's handy. I love that. And she does so much herself. That's great. And I'm like, wow, you're amazing. That's so cool. I've even been sending pictures to the agent who had it listed. Like, oh, I'll screenshot yeah. stuff because, like, they knew the house so well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, look. Look at this. Look at this. Look how nice it is now. I love that. Yeah. I know, like when you can't even recognize it. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Okay. So we led up to the closing. We talked a little bit about behavior in the closing. We've talked about what you do after the closing. I think the biggest thing is just having a thorough system in place, whether that's a checklist, your email templates. Um, but you can't just have email templates. Like you have to have a prompt Right. That makes you use those templates. Yeah. That's why it's like, that's why when the appraisal gets scheduled, I know I need to go mm -hmm. in and start. And as I'm filling out these templates, Mm -hmm. it reminds me about the receipt. Things you need to do. Yes. All those things. Right. So have you had any like um, delays lately or anything that... Like a specific... For example, I have one that... Well, please don't. There's a certain agent that loves to bring the home inspector back for the final walkthrough. Okay. Yes. I feel that it opens more of a can of worms Mm -hmm. than it, because if the seller agreed Mm -hmm. and provided a receipt, Mm -hmm. now that's the thing. If it's something the seller did on their own, well, y'all agreed to that or not. Right. How did, how was this written? But I had one where they asked us to clean and service the AC. Okay. And we did. Uh-huh. And I had a receipt. Uh-huh. And the inspector said that we didn't. Like, but but I did. Were you I like, have the were you receipt. like, is this company committing fraud? Right. What do – and he was like, it was just – it was an older AC, so cleaning it isn't going to make it look – Brand new. Brand new and shiny, but it was – I have a receipt showing that my seller paid for it. Oh no. And they were like, I said, I find it got, they were so pushy about it. I finally said, Is your buyer trying to get out of closing for some reason? This just seems like odd behavior to me. No, they just want what was agreed upon. I was like, I cannot. I called the AC company Mm -hmm. and told them what was going on. I said, I'm so sorry. I don't want to have to have y'all. I don't want my clients charged again, but I don't know what to do. They are saying it was not cleaned Mm -hmm. to their satisfaction. Okay. And they offered to come out and just, they didn't do the whole like thing again, but they did soap up the exterior with their foamy stuff. Again. Again. 
And, and I was, sent video and was like, and then when they were done and it dried, it looked the same. So I was like, we did it again. again. But it was so frustrating because I'm like, here's where we are. It's closing day. And also, if you're going to go as the agent of the buyer with an inspector, the day of is not the appropriate time to take an inspector or to do that kind of a walkthrough. If you feel like you have a buyer that needs to check repairs in that manner, it should be Two to five days prior. Yes, not the morning of closing. How are we, then, then everyone's rushing around trying to fix something that didn't need to be fixed. I had a cash sale recently where my buyer had funds in different accounts. They were all normal. It wasn't pulling from a 401k or anything like that. But for whatever reason, when she went to get her check, they had to put a hold on it because of one of the accounts. It had oh, to be a whole a 48-hour no. hold on the check. So that was a whole thing. We oh, ended no. up having to just wait 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Um, the seller was leaving to go out of town and went on ahead and signed all the documents that they needed to sign. Yeah. So we weren't at closing together. But it's just interesting, you know, things that can come up before closing. Do you want to explain what a dry closing is? Have we ever talked about that on the show? Talk about it. Well, I mean, something like that happens, let's just say. The seller signed. If there no if no funds are transferred, it's what here we call a dry closing. Mm-hmm. So you I mean, you could have both parties could have signed, but the funds haven't changed hands until the funds change hands, it really isn't closed. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So it'll be like, "Oh, the, this happened way a lot before Trid. A lot, a lot. Because mm-hmm. it'd be like, it's Friday afternoon when all closings happen. Oh and guess what? Chase Bank didn't send over the the funds yet. Hmm. So We're everyone's here. So we'll let you all close because the documents are here. And then um, we'll fund it on Monday. So y'all decide what you want to do about the keys and stuff. Because I'm so glad those days are over. It was wild. But that's still, it happens way less now. Mm-hmm. But it can happen. Like something can happen where it's like, for whatever reason, the money, like what you just said, mm-hmm. that was like a partially done closing. Yeah. But your buyer didn't actually even sign. Mm-mm. Yeah. So they it wasn't. Wanted to wait. She could have. The title attorney gave the seller the option to hand over the keys, collect half the money that we had now. And she was like, uh-uh, I'll just wait. Yeah. Until. I mean, that's fine. We have everything. Yeah, wait, it, wait for Wait for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have an episode number 115 on closing delays. Mm. And that goes into lots of stories of how closings could be slowed down, dis- derailed. Derailed, if you will. Derailed. Lots and lots. Um, so that's. That's out there for you, too. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it's important as a new agent to follow along and go to a couple of closings mm-hmm. with other agents. See what it looks like. Understand, like, what I remember my very first closing. And they would send out settlement statements back then, all, you know, with all the numbers on it. And I'm like, what is all of this gobbledygook? Like, I don't know what what. So much. Any, yes. I, it was like before that, the only one I'd ever seen was at my closing personally before I was even an agent like a year before. And I'm like, what, what is all of this? And I had to go to my broker and I'm like, I don't, they, I don't even know what to. Right. What is this? She mean? immediately looked down. I don't remember if it was that one or one pretty close to that. She was like, this is the outrageous for closing costs. We need to talk to some, like, I had no clue. Oh, I had no clue. I'm like, all right, like I wouldn't have even known if something was a mistake at that point. How- you know what I have found? 
Um, I can't tell you how many times I have found a mortgage cancellation fee on a, when I had the listing agent, like mm-hmm. when I was the listing agent and I had the seller when there wasn't a mortgage. You're like, why are you charging And I would email them back and say, hey, I see there's a mortgage cancellation because they just have a template. Yeah. You know, like, there's they no have mortgage to edit. To cancel. Yeah. There's no mortgage. So we need to take this one off. Right. I find errors, y'all, typos happen a ton on those. They do. You can't just not review them. If you don't know what the blanks mean or what the numbers are supposed to be, go to your broker or someone, make sure you understand what it is. And then if it's like a lender fee and you're like, I just don't get this, don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Be like, explain it to me. Right. Like, what you know, there's all kinds of fees. Mm -hmm. Tax research and this and that, and they're all on there. And your sellers, you don't want to look bad when your buyer or seller looks at you and is like, but I don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. Or like every Lender and title office kind of handles title insurance differently. Yeah. And they don't explain it really well a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And a lot of buyers don't know that you don't have to buy that. Mm -hmm. Like it is an optional thing. So you have to buy the lender's coverage, but you don't have to buy the owner's coverage. Mm -hmm. But then there's a discount if you do like. Yes. So many things to consider. And do you know what those things are and how to explain them? Right. You don't know what you don't know. Many of our local title companies will do a mock closing. Yeah. So that it's nice. Yeah. You can actually, it's like, pause. This is where we do this, you know, and they explain everything. So I think that's really helpful too. I did those when I was new. You definitely don't want to go. I definitely, I didn't go to my first closing, just mine. Like I I followed my broker to a ton of them. Mm -hmm. Like I need to see what this is about. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this isn't so bad. I mean, it's not so bad. The paperwork is a lot. You have to remember your buyer and seller, more buyer, but both are feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. This is not something they do every day, probably. They are nervous. They Whether they're a first-time buyer or not, they're still like, oh, I don't, you know, like mm-hmm. they're in a stressful situation and you don't also want to be anxious and not sure what's, you want to be like calming presence. Yes. You really need to be a confident, calming presence. Right. At that table. You can only do that if you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what's going on. I mean, I've had to step in when like a title company did something wrong. They didn't, oh, wait, let me go fix that real quick. Yeah. If you don't know what you're looking at, you can't tell them what to fix. Right. So you got to look at a bunch of these things before. Mm -hmm. Also, I will get, I have a pet peeve. Okay. I'm wondering if it's about what mine is. (sighs) When I am a few days out and I'm getting my settlement statement so that I can check the numbers and make sure that I'm not doing this at the table where I can, you know, look at it with time and make sure looking at all my boxes. When a title company tells me, um, we can't give that to you. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, we cannot give that to you because of TRID. Or, you know, I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. you have to give me my clients. Yes. My client is the seller. You 100% are allowed to give that to me. Mm-hmm. And they're- They try to keep it on one side. I'm like, y'all don't even know the rule and you're enforcing the rule? <laughs> it's the buyer side. Fine. I don't want to see the buyer side. But I, I need, need my see- client. But you here's the other you. problem. What if I also ask for it when I'm the buyer's agent, right? And then you get that pushback. And I'm like, well, can I see the seller side? And they're like, no. And I'm like, why not? I need to check the commissions. Right. I need to check the, de- like, I need to check that they're paying the closing costs. Yes. I have to see it. Yes. Please don't check your commission at the closing table. 
Oh, no, because that's... Mm, it's just rude. It's just rude. But you need to check it. Yes. Check it before. Everything needs to be checked before. Check the closing cost. Check all that stuff. But some of that stuff is on the seller side. If I'm the buyer's agent, I still need to see the seller's side. There mm-hmm. should be no reason why I can't see it. And my favorite title company provides just the Alta settlement statement, right? It's yeah. the one they use for the title insurance. Mm-hmm. It has all the numbers minus the things you're not allowed to by law to see, which is like... The buyer's terms of their loan. Yeah, the personal information. That's it. The rest of the stuff you're allowed to see. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your pet peeve? Checking commission at the closing table. Oh, that was it. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, didn't check anything else, but I checked that. Eek. Right. I don't, I don't like it. No. Mm-hmm. And I, way back when, I don't know which episode of these, I told the story. Remember, I had the really terrible closing. It was my um, sister-in-law selling her home she had this awful, the other agent was awful. And it was an RD buyer. And at that point in time, this is many years ago, the the RD office was backed up. Oh, I remember. Okay, okay. So they even had a little place on their website where you could go and read, we're working on files that were submitted on X day. And it would be like 30 days prior mm-hmm. or 10 days or 50, a lot of days prior. So you knew if they weren't on your day yet, you might be two weeks away from them even reviewing you. Well, I learned a few lessons the hard way on this one, but basically the day before closing, I'm like, hey, to the agent, hey, when are you planning to do the walkthrough? And they're like, well, we're not, I mean, it's just RD's, it's just got to RD. And I'm like, what do you mean just got to RD? Like the oh file had just been submitted and our closing was the next day and RD was se- several weeks behind. Let's call it two. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. my seller already moved out. Because closing was supposed to be tomorrow. You've never given me any heads up that there was going to be delayed. Also, when were you going to ask for an extension? When? So I'm like, she paid for movers. She had to live in a temporary housing with a friend because her apartment wasn't ready. Like, there's this whole, you cost her money, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. And she would have happily stayed the two weeks. In her house. In her house. Comfortably. So we negotiate. All right. I'm like, you're going to pay the $500 of moving expenses she incurred because of this transition Mm -hmm. and because you're not ready. And we were, we had previously agreed to give $500 towards repairs. Okay. Little ticky tacky stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, it's a wash, right? Yes. We just won't give that. We're not going to give you the 500 bucks. You've cost us $500 and we're all going to go on with our happy little selves. Well, this agent didn't come to closing. (gasps) Their, her her sweet first-time buyers did, and me and my client were at closing, and it is not my responsibility to check the settlement statement for your buyer. Well, there were no repairs on the settlement statement. We agreed that there weren't going to be any, and I had sent over an addendum, but I will tell, tell you, I learned that lesson the hard way. I had sent over an extension and the addendum together. Okay. Oh. She sent back the extension signed, and she did not have the buyer sign the addendum. They, in bad faith, basically lied and, and were like, well, we're not going to sign that. We're, we're, we still want our $500 for repairs. We just won't sign that. We'll sign the extension. No, like, fine, fine. Sure, sure, that might have worked. And you might have had a leg to stand on, but you didn't come to closing. You didn't check your settlement statement before closing. You didn't send anyone in your stead. And the $500 wasn't on there. To me, when I looked at it, that was right. That's correct. That's what we agreed to. Talked about. That's what we agreed to. Literally, within an hour of closing, this agent is blowing up my text messages about how my seller needs to get where's the five hundred dollars, and I said, 
What do you mean? We agreed that she wasn't paying the $500 because you cost her $500 to move. Yes. That we never signed that addendum. I'm like, then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this is pure evil because you you acted yeah. like you were gonna sign it. Right. And you I actually tricked me. I didn't realize you didn't sign it. You were gonna trick me all along. And I guess we were gonna have this argument pre-closing. Right. Like when at the table it was gonna that ha- you weren't gonna come to. It was gonna have to come up, right? So I'm like, this is weird. And then I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, and we're talking y'all for a solid 48 hours every couple of hours or so another ugly text another ugly text about how i'm gonna be sued and this that and the other and the seller needs to show up with the 500 dollars and la la and so i called the title attorney and i said like do i really have to worry about this because this is a situation and they're like not only do you not have to worry about it this particular deal was fha and the buyers and sellers have to sign that document that says were all the terms of the contract met mm-hmm. and they both signed right because the agent wasn't there and the buyer didn't know what was happening on the settlement statement. They Shouldn't didn't know have hired that, the, that agent. They didn't even know that the $500 of repairs weren't in there. They thought they were going to like get it after closing. Oh my God. They had no clue. Yes. And she wasn't there to tell them any different. Wow. Mm-mm. Hmm. But I knew what was on there and it was the way it was supposed so to did be. did anything ever happen? I just ignored her. Yeah. I'm like, sue me. Sue me. Yeah. Over $500, I'm certain you're not going to do that one. And and second of all, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Nor did my seller. Mm-mm. And I've already had talked to the attorney and confirmed. Right. Done. Done deal. But I would never do another deal with her. Correct. And that's why you can't behave like that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Okay. Anything else on closings? No. This I just needed a refresh for you, myself, you, you see. You didn't make that big of a mistake. Well. But I guess it could have been uglier. It could have been uglier. I've forgotten it many times. I hate those things. I hate those things. Like, just stop. I know. Make the... My buyers get them for themselves. Mine too. That's why I forget them when I'm the listing agent. Mine too. Because it should be the buyer. Mm -hmm. Don't you want to be in control of your own inspections? Right. Crazy. Okay. Um, today, our toast, uh, and we have another toast from the expo, from Linda. She's in California, and she's going to toast to Vita and Rose, and oh. we can't wait to hear what she says. Okay, great. Okay, bye, y'all. Hi, this is Linda Darskavich, Coldwell Banker, Slano Pacific in beautiful Venetia, California. And I like to toast my fabulous manager, Vita Mangosing, and my awesome mentor, Rose Hadaway. Thank you for all you do for me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week.